Well, good morning, family. I wanted to let you know, in case some of you don't know, that we have some stars in our service today, um, some VIPs. And um, I am going to ask all of those stars, those VIPs, to stand. And when I say VIPs, I mean all of the children. So all the kids in the service, I want you to stand up because you are the star today. want to do today because you are a blessing to us and it is an honor for us the big people the big kids to have you here with us and so I want to invite you with an okay from your parents and you can just kind of glance at them if they're not okay but I want to invite all the children um, preschool up to um, maybe fourth fourth fifth grade um, to come and sit up here in this front area, and I have a star that each of you are going to get to put on maybe your arm or if you want to put it on your forehead, probably not your clothes because your mom might forget and wash it, and that may not be good. But if moms and dads are okay, and as long as the kids want to come and sit well up here, you are welcome to come. I want you to come sit up in this front. And um, some of you big kids, if you don't mind helping, and you're going to face me. Don't face adults. You're going to face me because I'm going to be speaking today, and I, wanna, I want you to hear what I'm sharing too, okay? Now, some of the bigger kids, you know if you're bigger, if you don't mind helping some of the little kids to peel the star off in case it's hard for them, okay? But um, let's, start with one, let's start with two each. We'll probably get around because we've got lots and lots of them. Let me go to this side. Kids, it really is a treat for us to have you guys. I'm going to start here with you. If you'll take two and maybe put it on your forehead or um, if you're older and you want to put it on your shirt, that's fine. But if you're younger, you might put it like on your arm or somewhere. That way moms and dads don't forget and, and wash it in there. So kids, I want to um, talk to you guys for a few minutes and then I'm going to talk to everybody together. So since you guys aren't in here with us all the time, I want to tell you, actually, I'm going to come and sit right here while I'm talking to you guys. I'm going to come sit right here. So Pastor Chris has been talking to all of us, and we've been having a series. And he's been teaching us, I'd rather be this or that and not a Pharisee. Has anybody ever heard that word Pharisee? Have you ever heard of the Pharisees? Well, the Pharisees were religious leaders in Jesus' day. And they were all men. And they were experts in the law. They knew all about all the laws that God had given. And that was a good thing, except they thought they were better than everybody else because they knew all of those laws. And they really loved money, and, um, which is not bad to... To, to, to money's important, but they really love money. And they really love to be important, so they wanted to have the best seat, and they wanted everybody to know that they were a Pharisee because they thought they were better than other people. And so when Jesus came and he started preaching, the Pharisees did not like Jesus. Now, who doesn't like Jesus, right? But the reason they didn't like Jesus is because Jesus knew money was important, but he thought that people were more important than money. And Jesus is God, and so he gave all of the laws that we have, but he didn't mind putting those laws aside if somebody was hurting. And Jesus didn't care about everybody 
thinking he was better or having the best seat or anything like that. And so the Pharisees did not like Jesus. And so Pastor Chris has been leading us in a series to teach us as adults that we don't want to have hearts and actions like the Pharisees. We don't want to act like that. We don't want to think that we're better than everybody else. And hey, everybody, look at me. I know some important things or I've done some great things and so I'm better than everybody else. And so today, we're going to talk on a topic called, I'd rather be a child. That's right. We are going to learn about what it means to be like a child. And you guys are children, right? Are you all? You're all children. So that's why I thought it would be really cool for you guys to sit up here because you guys get the front seat in the house. And as the adults listen to the words that I'm going to speak, they're going to also be looking at you. So let's all bow our heads and pray, and then I'm going to start our sermon for today, okay? Father, we thank you that we can call you Father. We thank you for the blessing, the assurance that we are your children, Jesus, that you are ours, that you live in our hearts. If we have called you our Savior and repented of our sins, then we all, whether we're three or whether we're 83, we have the assurance that you are ours, Jesus. And so today, as we talk about I'd rather be a child, I pray for the children who are living and enjoying the life that you've given them, but I especially pray for us bigger people as we learn what it means to be like a child. You have some really sweet things that you want to teach us today, God, and I pray that our hearts would be open. I pray that as the adults see the kids sitting up here, that they would be reminded that this is what they need to be like. It's this group sitting right here in the front. Jesus, I thank you that you showed us so beautifully in your word how much you love children and you taught us faithfully what it means to be a child of God. So we give you this sermon today. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Now I'm going to walk back around you guys because I can't hop back up quite as easily as I came down. Well, the first thing I want to start our focus with today is that indeed God does love children. Um, You know, Jesus could have appeared to us on earth in his adulthood. He could have just came as a 33-year-old man. But in the sovereign and eternal plan of God, he chose to come through the full life cycle. So he was conceived. He was born as a baby. He was raised in a family. And he grew into adulthood. And so, you know, I think of 1 John 3, 1 that tells us how great is the love that the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. What an honor for us to be called children of God and to be assured of the love that God has for us. You know, I'm thankful to be a mother as my husband was filling out the graduation card and I remembered that we have a graduate in two weeks. Thank you, Jesus a college graduate. Um, And and as I became a mother, one of the things that nobody told me at a baby shower was this very sweet joy that you would experience as a parent, whether you adopt or birth your children. And that is at a certain age, a certain month old, your child actually recognizes you. And when they're old enough to walk and you come in the door, 
and they lift up their arms to you or they run to you, nobody told me how sweet that would be, that your child recognizes you, that your child looks around and sees other people, but when they see your face or they hear your voice and they run to you, boy, there's, there's not a greater feeling in the world. As we move into this subject today, there's a clear distinction between being like a child and being childish. And I wanted to make sure we clarified that because I don't want anyone to leave here thinking that they get to pull out the, I get to act like a child card. And this isn't for the children, this is for us bigger people. Because the Bible does talk to us about maturity and growing. And, you know, when I became a man, I put away childish things. But as sinners redeemed by the blood of Jesus, our challenge today as adults and children is to reflect a childlike faith that is exemplified by our younger ones, not reducing our behavior to ones from which we should have outgrown. So this is what I want to drive home today. This is our key. The least among us is the greatest, according to Jesus. And children are our model of greatness in the kingdom. The least among us is the greatest, according to Jesus. And children are our model of greatness in the kingdom. Now, if the idea of being like a child is kind of rubbing you the wrong way or you're kind of going, I don't know it, let me just say, and I'm going to kind of probe a little spot here, that that might be an indicator that you need to spend more time around children. And this is a shameless plug for our wonderful children's ministry and Felicia, who I'm so glad has a weekend off today. Um, but if, if the idea of being like a child is a little uncomfortable for you, you need to spend more time around these people and you need to watch. I loved watching during our greeting time as Layla and Anita were just dancing to the music and kind of coming up on the aisle. And um, I love every Sunday when you run out for dismissal and you kind of come half up and then half back down. <laughs> I love that. I'm so glad that I get to tell you that. Like, I love that. Now, I'm not saying all the kids that, you know, we don't want any, any danger, anybody getting hurt in church, but the, the carefree nature of children, their curiosity, their constant chatter, which is such a great reminder that vocabulary is important when they just want to talk our heads off. All those wonderful things about children. If, if the idea of being like a child is a little uncomfortable for you, then that may be a sign that you need to spend more time around children. Because the truth is, as adults, we really complicate what is simple, and that is trust and faith. And that's why it's so important for us to introduce children to Jesus at a young age. And I'm excited about Awana. I am also a product as my sister. We grew up with Awana clubs, and so I'm excited for our kids to be able to delve into that. So let's turn, our first passage we want to look at is Matthew chapter 18. And um, what a joy for me as I pondered this subject to look through the Gospels and be reminded of the love that Jesus had for children. Matthew chapter 18, and we're going to start in verse 1. Kids, everybody doing good? Give me a little thumb up. Thumb up, everybody doing good? All right, you guys are doing a great job. So we're starting in verse 1 of Matthew 18. And I'm reading out of the NIV. It says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? 
He called a little child to them, to him, and placed the child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. I mean, wow. Now, the disciples love to argue and discuss greatness and status. We see in the gospel several times that they were, uh, one, one of the um, gospels tells us that they were arguing. I think several of the gospels say they were arguing, so they were having some heated discussions about who was the greatest. And I would imagine following around a leader like Jesus who had some, some moments of great popularity with you know, lots of people following him, feeding 5,000, feeding 4,000 people, that was kind of a cool gig from time to time. And, you know, I would imagine because they gave up so much to follow Jesus that there were a few times they just needed to kind of pause and just assess, now what am I getting out of this gig of following Jesus? So I, I really don't criticize that, that they were, you know, having that argument because, you know, are you greater? Well, you got to talk the last time. Well, people came up to you. Well, who? They were human. And, and, and I understand the, the, the pondering of who's great and who's least. But in a society where we strive from our young ages, from the time our kids start school, pushing sometimes more than is needed, what accomplishments. You know, our kids in elementary school are already feeling pressure, pressure to perform. And this is not a, a discount to developing and using the gifts that God has given us, but it's a reminder that, that those are given by God they're designed by God for his glory. And so if you're trying to understand what is this business of, of changing and becoming like children, you know, Jesus says that, that children have a lowly position, and it is not just because they're younger and smaller. So you guys have a great position, not just because you're five or six or ten, but the position that children have, and how old? Oh, much older, 11, 10. 10, okay, yes, I don't want to insult anybody. So 10, 11, probably the, the oldest age we have down here. But their position is not because of their age or because of their stature. Their position of being lowly is because they are dependent. And I know a lot of us don't think about that word much aside from taxes <laughs> and considering how many dependents we have or will have. But dependence is a posture of the heart that makes one great in the kingdom because a dependent knows who is in control, who rules, and they know it is not them. So that is our core word, and that's a word as adults that is uncomfortable for us because our parents and our teachers and our coaches and our society drills into us to be independent. We don't need anybody. We don't need anybody to help us. I got it. Thank you. And I'm good. Until we see things like this in Scripture and then it messes it all up. Don't miss that last sentence that Jesus said when he said, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Amen. And I pray, Strong Tower, that we will always be a church 
that welcomes children in the name of Jesus, that gives them room to wiggle and to want to run around and to want to talk and, and to teach them guidelines and to teach them to obey and to respect, but that loves these kids. Kids, are we doing good? Are we still sitting well? Layla? <laughs> Easing her way up. But again, see the visual of these children. See the visual, okay? The visual is very important for our takeaway. Let's also turn to Mark chapter 10, and we're going to look at verse 13 of Mark chapter 10. And several of the Gospels give us this account of people bringing children to Jesus. We're looking at Mark's account, but there's also a version that tells us that people were bringing infants. And so imagine this popular teacher. Again, crowds are following him. If I was a parent, I think I would want to be bringing my child. Like, can I get that child close to Jesus? He's touching lepers and healing them. People who are paralyzed, he's touching them, and they're being healed instantly. I would want to bring my child. Can I please get my child close to Jesus for him to touch my child? So Mark 10, 13 says, people were bringing little children. See the age of these little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples warmly welcomed them, set up a wonderful line, said, hey, I'll draw you closer, you over here come. But the disciples rebuked them. Not the greatest moment for these guys. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. Oh, what a savior. He took the children in his arms, you guys. I want you children to see that image of Jesus. Jesus who took children in his arms and he laid his hands on them. Jesus laid his hands on children and he blessed them. That's amazing. Isn't that awesome? Later in Mark chapter 10, Jesus would tell his disciples that greatness comes by serving, not by lording authority over others. And Jesus was the ultimate example of servant leadership. So convenience, the disciples, I, I'm not sure what was going on in their minds that they rebuked them. Maybe they thought, you know, he's been teaching for hours. Parents, he, he's tired. Just Maybe in our hearts, some of us, when we see children, it's, no, oh, they just need to, you know. But remember, Jesus was indignant also known as he was hot. He was like, no, sir, absolutely not. Let those children come. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom belongs to them. Later in Mark chapter 12, the, the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, teacher, we know you're a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are, but you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Jesus' harshest words were not for the worst sinners. 
or the guys or gals with the longest rap sheet. Jesus' harshest words were for these Pharisees. Contrast how Jesus described the Pharisees. He said that they gave a tenth according to the law, but neglected justice and love. So they were checking off their sheet of good deeds, but they forgot the most important thing. They looked good on the outside, but inside they were full of greed and wickedness. They loved the most important seats in the house and to be greeted first, but they loaded God's people with burdens too heavy for them and watched them suffer. Do we see ourselves reflected in them? I know I do, I confess. And so that means it's time for us to become like a child again, to return to the simplicity of faith and trust in a God who is greater than we can ever imagine. You know, children love to ask questions, and I know some of us as parents, (laughs) and you know, from 13 to 23, my kids' ages now, I've gone through some seasons where, oh, it's like, Oh, would you stop asking me so many questions? <laughs> I'm sure none of you parents, I'm sure you guys have not had any moments like that. But um, yeah, you feel me. I mean, but again, if we'd rather be a child, children ask questions to learn. Do we ask questions to God? Think about that. Are we curious? Or do we feel like, well, I've been walking with God for 43 years and I have learned this much about God and I I understand it. I got it. I got it figured out. You know, the Pharisees ask a lot of questions too. And we see that through the Gospels. They ask lots of questions, but their questions weren't to learn. Their questions were to trap. As I read through the Gospels this week, I saw so many times that they were watching Jesus closely but not to learn. They were watching him closely so they could catch him in his words or trap him. Jesus knew what they were thinking when they judged him. And when his compassion in Luke 7 led him to break a Sabbath rule and heal a paralytic man, instead of being amazed at his power, they were furious. As I bring this to a close, in Luke 17, one day the Pharisees asked Jesus, When will the kingdom of God come? Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there, for the kingdom of God is already among you. Hey, kids. I love the laughter. I love the joy. What joy? The joy that you have as children. The way you're smiling right now is so awesome. Well, kids, I want to thank you guys for sitting up here with me, and I'm going to let you go back to your seats as we get ready to pray, okay? Do you want to take some stars with you? Do you want to take some stars? You can take those with you. You can take them back with you. We're all giving you your hand. You can go back and sit with Mommy and Daddy now, okay? There's plenty of stars. If anybody wants to come and get some more, and I will personally, I see a few left over down here. I will personally make sure I get those up. Now, the preciousness of watching their carefree hearts, again, 
I'm a mom of four. I do not mind their chatter. I love them wanting to almost come up on the stage because they're curious. And they come to church and they see us worshiping and they see Pastor Chris preaching. And church should be a place where their imagination is formed. I hope that there will be some preachers, some men, young men and some young women from this body who will remember what they saw in church growing up. And let us as big people be reminded that they are watching us, that they are watching us and that they can feel our kindness or they can feel our sort of, and that children of, of all backgrounds be welcomed into this body. Because we all know that not all children are being raised in homes with, with parents who are providing for them and taking care of them. And so I pray for us as the big kids that, that we will remember to be a part of the welcoming in this house and be a part of, um, of the kingdom purpose of God and in building into these kids. One of my favorite passages of scripture I want to read over you all as we close, and it's from Psalms 131, and it's the entire Psalm. It's just a few verses. It says, my heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me but I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. And I've treasured that Psalm for years because the Psalmist says, I am like a weaned child. And I don't know about you, but I don't wanna be the kind of daughter who throws fits and stomps because I'm ready for my milk. I want to be a daughter who's weaned, who's old enough to say, I would like some food. And then comes and sits at the table and can wait for my parent, who I trust, to provide food for me. Because a weaned child is not sitting at the table for that meal worrying about where the next meal is gonna come from. And I know we have to adjust our minds as adults to understand the simplicity of a child because we do have to be concerned. We have to work and we have to make provision. But in our hearts, as weaned children who don't have to say, God, I need this and where are you and why won't you do for me? But like a weaned child who can say, I'm hungry. Is it time to eat yet? and can come sit at the table. That's the posture of heart that I want to have before God as his daughter. And that's the posture of heart as a child who is trusting and full of faith that we all should strive to have. So again, when you remember the kids standing and sitting up here and the fun of them moving around and giggling, we need more of that. We need to be expectant before our Father. Some of us have become so self-sufficient in our accomplishments and in our striving. And we've forgotten that we are not the source, that He is, and that 
there is no good thing that comes in our lives apart from him. We need that curiosity that still has wonder, that is full of imagination. And as I say that, I remember my, my daughter, Kristen, she'll be so embarrassed, but I'm going to say it anyway. I remember when she was a young girl, she um, had an imaginary friend. I don't know if any of your children have ever had imaginary friends, but I was a psychology major in college, and so I learned a little bit about it, but it still kind of disturbed me when my daughter said, well, I have this imaginary friend, and her name is Sizzy, and she's from California. And I was like, Sizzy from California, okay. Um, well, Sizzy's got to come with me. Wait, Sizzy, come on. I was like, imaginary friend from California. What is this? And so I'm looking up, is my child weird? Am I doing wrong as a parent? Let me research what is going on with this imaginary friend thing. And, and I, I learned that that is actually a sign of, of great imagination and actually a sign of intelligence. And so I kind of calmed down my, you know, parental trying to be perfect and raise the perfect child mode and had many, 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 many more opportunities in child rearing. We have opportunities here as a body to interact with the kids. And again, if this is a little uncomfortable for you, then receive it as an opportunity for you to lean in to the children that God has entrusted to us here in this church. Because truth is, we need to be learning from them. We need to be observing them. And we need to be learning from their curiosity and their laughter and their joy and especially their childlike faith. I want us to close in prayer. And instead of doing what we traditionally do and bowing our heads, I want us to pray with our faces lifted up because I want us to posture ourselves as children do before their parent, okay? So lift your heads up and keep your eyes open. I know we see the ceiling up above, but, but we are, are visually seeing our Heavenly Father. And Father, as we lift our gazes up to you, Lord, just in that posture of our bodies, we are reminding ourselves that you are in control we are reminding ourselves because we forget every day as big kids that you are the source and that you are in control. God, I pray and I repent in my heart and, and ask us all to confess where we have become independent because we have believed messages that say we need to be sufficient in ourselves, God. And the truth is, we need to be dependent on you because without you, God, we can do nothing. So we posture ourselves and we remind ourselves, God, that we would rather be children. Jesus, you said the greatest in the kingdom must come like a child. And so in our hearts, God, we ask for renewal. We ask for transformation for hearts that have a childlike faith. Hearts, God, that, that have wonder and curiosity and imagination and expectancy from you, our Heavenly Father. And we thank you, God, that you are the giver of every good gift, that you supply every need we have. Thank you, Father, for your faithful love to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. All of God's people said, amen, amen. amen.